Welcome to the Bread and Circuses Podcast, brought to you by Digital Pizza, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns, and enjoy this shit show. back bread and circuses podcast yet once again i am rooster here with crow you make me feel like a natural woman and we're done <laughs> uh i gotta i gotta warn you guys uh crow has dropped more motherfuckers before we started this thing out than i've ever heard him in all of the time i've known you uh he's pissed off about a bunch of stuff that we're gonna get to but before we get even farther i'm gonna add fuel to the fire here um, this is from a, uh, we mentioned ASMR a few months ago when we were talking about stuff. <laughs> Crow gets easily annoyed by funny little sounds. So I found this one ASMR, Frivolous Fox. She's going to drive you absolutely batshit. Here. It, wait. See if you can hear Wait, this. wait. Oh. Oh my god, you've got to stop that right now. Little clicky sounds in her voice. It, you know what? It makes my mouth water. Ah, oh, stop it! <laughs> oh my god. It makes me like want to swallow my spit. I'm like going, stop it. Oh! Oh, seriously, that doesn't drive you crazy? Uh, it does, but I can tell it totally gets under your skin oh, way more. Than mine. It like makes me want to swallow the spit in my mouth. Like it want, it, like I, I'm like going, woman, swallow. <laughs> she's like salivating, and then she's doing this noise when she talks. I hate it. Yeah, it's a it's a mouth sounds thing. She's really what's her name? Frivolous Fox. She does a lot of stuff like that. It's annoying. Frivolous Fox. Yeah, <laughs> it's really. You go down that ASMR rabbit hole. It gets well, you, some weird. You shit. got me listening to it, but I don't. I don't do the the, the porn side of it. I was actually uh, listening just for like like thunderstorm sound effects and stuff to help you sleep. I don't think that's ASMR though. It has to be like a person. Yeah. Well, no, because that led me into ASMR. So I was doing. I was looking for like the like like sleeping on a locomotive or uh, you know the sound of a, of raindrops on a car on the roof of a car, which is actually pretty cool. I like that one. Um, to help me sleep because I, I sometimes have insomnia. Um, it's but all then, the rage. That keeps away. <laughs> it is. But then I, it would trans, it would, you know, you get these, they're on YouTube videos and they go on for like hours, but then they'll transition to, um, the ASMR with the, with the women. But there's some that are actually kind of decent where they're not, they, they don't try to do that weird clickety sound with their, with the spittle in their mouth. They just talk really quietly. The and, only one I found that I can, that I can tolerate at all. Is this uh, is this Russian chick? She does one called gentle whispering, and it's basically just her talking, but real quietly. The other ones are just there's a clicky weird one sounds. you would like. It's this. It's actually pretty well produced. It's this girl that does uh, like uh, fantasy settings, like like you're in a tavern and she dresses up like uh, it's oh, like GB. No, it's a different name. Okay, and she does one where she's a witch, where you go in and you're like trying to get like. Uh, uh, 
a spell from her or something and she talks to you. And another one where you go into a tavern and she's talking about, oh, hey, I haven't seen you in a long time. What have you been doing? Are you slaying any dragons or something like that? But she's just whispering it or being very quiet, like she's trying not to disturb people around her. And it actually sounds natural. And the video actually is very well produced. It's got, you know, um, good scenery and she's dressed up and everything. So I don't, I'll have to send it to you, but it's actually one that I actually thought was kind of neat. There's one like that called GB. And uh, I just, she does a lot of that stuff, but I just don't like the way she whispers. Um, Oh, there's maybe uh, that one there. No, it's none of those. Oh, okay. I've got it saved on my YouTube. I'll send it to you. Okay. So. Yeah. Anyway, the only one I can stand is that that Russian gal. Gentle whispering is only about half of them. But mostly, the, it just annoys me. I don't know. <laughs> There's a couple of them I used to fall asleep sometimes if I can't sleep. But it's nothing weird. It's just them talking. There's one, uh, one sound effect one called the Guild of Ambience. And they've got one that's a, a apothecary shop that's actually kind of relaxing. It sounds like a little bubbling stuff and clanking of glass and all that. Actually, that's actually pretty pretty good to fall asleep to. Yeah, see, that sound gets me. I can't do that. It, it annoys me. Um, but there's one. I can't. Oh, yeah. She's um, she's annoying because it's just it's infantile stuff. She's she's totally playing up to the pervs. Um uh, what's her name? Uh, it's like Cherry Crush or something like that. You you can't stand more than 10 seconds of her. But she does this whole like little girl routine where she's... No, that, yeah, that would drive me crazy almost immediately probably. Yeah, she's... Um, yeah, looking her up here. I'll show you the picture and you'll be like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh, you can tell by how she looks. Yeah, she's she's Herb. just doing the whole... Fan, fancily dyed hair. Yeah, but she does stuff where she oh, she just does the mouth popping and yeah, look at that bottom picture. Just Oh yeah, yeah. She's it's no. that's a uh that's a perv that's a perv channel. Yeah, right she's there. a she's a wannabe like is it MAGA? The the what's the animation stuff that's manga. Manga, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, didn't mean to Ma- not make America to, great again. Didn't mean to confuse you. it with making America great again, but Anyway, yeah, it's just, and it, you see those things, you're like, there's a certain kind of person who's watching this, and I don't want them hanging around me. Well, I'm trying to find it here on my on the my favorite channels on YouTube. I've got like 300 favorite channels. <laughs> I need to clean this up a little bit. I don't think I watch that many. If I do, it's sad. So, oh well, we'll, well move on. We got a ton of stuff we wanted to get to, but let's start with the uh, appetizer. You got anything to say on McCain? Uh, yeah. Um, and in good to Sam McCain. No, not really. And, and I don't, I'm not all about shitting on somebody who just died. Um, unless they're just, unless I really despise them. But here we go. Is what you're yeah, saying? I mean, I don't despise McCain. I just don't like him. Um, I, when he ran for president, I actually voted for him, but I really held my nose doing it. I didn't. I didn't like him. I thought he was a terrible candidate. I didn't like the campaign he ran. I thought he. I thought he shit on a lot of the uh, conservative voters that that decided not to vote because of his because he was running and they didn't like him. Just like me. I mean, I ended up voting, but I can understand why people didn't. 
See, I voted for Obama because I dug his uh, Bob the Builder speech. Let me. <laughs> oh, good thing this computer's between us. Yeah, exactly. No, the uh, I I love the Bob the Builder. Yes, we can. Yes, we speech. Can. Well, I like the shovel-ready jobs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, all that. I mean, I and like, if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. Love those yeah, speeches. Loved all that. Loved stuff. all those truth. Just truth bombs is what they yeah. were. Just just dropping truth bombs. Well, left it, and right. was, it was my white guilt too. <laughs> there was that. Well, I mean, you can't deny it that uh, whites caused a lot of fucking turmoil in the world over over the years, right? And uh, are you trying to troll me, trolling me? <laughs> I can't. I'm like trying to figure out what the hell happened to you. I'm a little more animated tonight than usual, you could tell, right? Yeah, no kidding. Um, I respect John McCain's service and everything he did there. And I, my problem with him is I don't think you – people talk about he was a man of principle. I don't know that he was. I, to me, he just seemed to play the, to play the sides, you know. The one time I did respect him though was when he was having that town hall meeting and the woman stands up and says, "I don't like Obama. He's a Muslim and he hates America and all this." And I know you agree with that, but I just looked at it and said, "When he said, look, let's not do this. Let's not play that game.'" See, I, I actually I didn't agree with her. I don't think Obama's a Muslim. He's an atheist. I know that he, he is. He says he's a he says he's a Christian or whatever bullshit. He's an atheist, but. Um, I don't believe he's a, a Muslim. I, I believe that he, just like any progressive or leftist, they've got their, uh, what, intersectionality with Islam, you know? Yeah. So as an oppressed, quote unquote, group. So that's where their ties, that's where his ties with Islam come, come from. It's this progressivism. So I don't think he's a Muslim. I don't think he sits there and bows to the West and, you know, washes his feet in, feet in the toilet and all that kind of stuff like they do at the, at the businesses that don't have foot washing stations. But any, you're going to get us kicked off any, all these channels. Anywho, um, but I was irritated with how McCain responded to her because he he just came off as condescending. And that's what he did to people that there were people on the right that were caught up in the in the bullshit, you know, like the the uh, the birtherism. Yeah. And and the Muslim stuff. And but you can understand how they got there. And you don't have to treat them like shit. You could just go, hey, come on. Uh, this is, and he didn't do it like you said. He didn't say, come on, let's just not go there. He came off as a condescending asshole to people like that. Yeah, I didn't see it that way. But, <clears throat> but I did think um, I did think at the end there, I was shocked to find out that uh, with, his, with his brain tumor, that mm-hmm. he hadn't been in Washington since November or December of 2017. Yeah, I didn't know it was have that long. The, if you're going to have principles... Say, look, I can't do this anymore. I'm not there for the job. I'm not doing it. And I'm sick and tired of all of these octogenarians fucking hanging on to Congress and the Senate forever. Get the fuck out. You know? Go enjoy what's left of your life. Don't don't sit there and tell us you're serving your country. You're not serving your country. You're hanging on because it's a sweet fucking ride. It's a sweet ride. There's a lot of perks to it. You you build up all these connections that you don't want to lose because once you're out of that position of power, all that dries up and all that attention dries up. And that's part of it. And he's he's like the epitome of a career politician at, at, at his age and, and his point in, that, in his career. It's like a guy who just didn't want to let it go. Yeah. Right up to the very fucking end. And that that's the part that I really... Well, they're... A lot of libertarians that I know that hated him for his warmongering, yeah, because there wasn't a war he didn't didn't want to send troops into, or there wasn't a, a, an area overseas that he didn't want to immediately send troops into. Well, he really banked on that whole you know I've served thing and everything, yeah, which is 
again, I respect it. I just I hated that that made him an authority on it that nobody else could comment. You know, if he did the, if if you thought, hey, maybe we shouldn't get involved in this, he's like, well, you know, civilians who don't know about warfare shouldn't be saying anything. I'm like, oh, God, you know, seriously. Well, let me tell you what I like or what I don't like. Or what I like. I like guys that weren't caught. That's what I like. <laughs> that one line from Trump. I mean, I, I'm paraphrasing. That's not exactly you know what, what he said. But that one line from Trump soured McCain so bad that he he went off the rails and he just could not abide anything Trump was about. Well, that. I also think there was a lot of, uh, you know, this whole drain the swamp thing. There's a certain way politics is done. So they get on the Sunday morning shows. My friend across the aisle. Yeah, they get on the Sunday morning shows and they bash each other for their base and everything. And then they go back and they all have drinks together. And yeah. So yeah. it was the idea that he came in, I believe, the idea that he came in and was just like, I'm going to bust up this whole little tea party you guys are having. I'm going to do it my own way. And uh, I'm not going to listen to anybody. I think, Let's not besmirch the tea party. Yeah, I know. I think the McCains and the McConnells and the Schumers and the Pelosi's of the world were like, Hey, listen, rookie. Lindsey Graham. We do this a certain way here. You know, just play ball. We'll, you know, have a little back and forth. Everybody stays happy. And I think Trump said, fuck it, I don't care. You know, I don't give a shit. I'm rich. I don't have to listen to you people. I'm, I got an ego. I'm going to do it my way. Good, bad, or otherwise. I think they didn't like that he didn't want to play ball. And I think that was the, the main issue McCain had with him. But you know, I heard a thing. I, I don't know if this is true because I haven't verified this, but I heard it from a fairly good source that uh, the not getting caught thing, you know, the, hey, heroes are the real ones. Chris Rock had made that joke years before about McCain. Really? Yeah. I got. I didn't have a chance to look into this, but I got to find that because if he did, everybody laughed and went, all Trump was doing is repeating Chris Rock's joke. Well, I mean, it, funny. honestly, it was a shitty thing to say. It was a shitty thing to say, but still, it's not. And, like, and I'm, a, I'm a big Trump fan. But he does sometimes just say things that you you go, ooh, I wish he would have said that. Yeah. Um, but um, it seems to me like that that one thing was basically the end with, with McCain. And he's like, I'm not, there's no way I'm going to do anything to support this guy at this point. Yeah, I get that. I And if I was him, I'd feel disrespected too. Oh, yeah, but, absolutely. But get but over it. politics is a dirty business. So Especially since he was... His 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 form of being a maverick was not really having principles in my in my mind. Because he was all over the fucking place. Yeah, he was. He didn't hang to any one particular thing, you know. I certainly wouldn't want to go through what he had gone through. I mean, I'll, I'll say that, but yeah, I, I think he was a well-intended guy who uh, sort of got sucked up into way too much of how Washington works and played both sides. And I don't, I don't like that. Yeah, the the. I think he thought he had principles. Yeah, and even be, even with his uh, warmongering, I think he he didn't he wasn't doing it out of a sense of trying to make money or trying to like a Soros thing, trying to fuck the world up. He thought it was the right thing to do. Look, you know that's the other thing. People always talk about, oh yeah, these politicians—they're in it to get rich. They were rich before they got there. Well, that's another thing that worries me about McCain is George Soros came out and had nice things to say about him after yeah. his death, and it's like that that kind of tells you something. But you know what's funny? Um, the HuffPost was like, oh, yeah, Trump's a racist. He should be more like McCain. But if you look back at the stuff when McCain was running for president, yeah. the HuffPost came out and said he was a white supremacist. Yeah. the what Mike Cernovich uh, found a lot of those. He was a racist yeah, and a white supremacist. A lot of those articles and a lot of those uh, those 
um, what is it? Was it tweets back then? It wasn't tweets no. back then, but it, it was, was just flat out you know, like articles, just article titles and all that. But I mean, they said Bush was a racist and a white supremacist. <laughs> a racist. I did the Elmer Fudd there for a second. But they said it about Romney. They said it about uh, McCain. They'll say it about the next. When Trump's gone and he's not there, they're not going to be like, thank God the Republicans have a reasonable person there. That person will be called a white supremacist too. Yeah, if they if they got they if they got their their wish and got Trump um, uh, impeached and and kicked out of the presidency and uh, Mike Pence was president, he'd be a racist. Well, Pence is a racist, though. Well, look, I mean, he's very white. <laughs> Whitest guy in the world. Yeah. Maybe next to Romney. I hear he identifies as Malaysian, though. That's really weird, but I think he's a, a female. Really, lesbian um, amputee um, Malaysian. Uh, non-binary is what I heard, but you know, you never know. Yeah. From one day to the next, it could change. To be honest with you, and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> one day to the next, one minute to the next. Yeah. Well, I was, but now I, who was? God, Rogan was talking about somebody being interviewed and all that, and multiple personality disorder thing, and they had a multiple gender deal, and so they said, "Now you're talking to so and so." Now I'm so and so. I mean, like in the conversation with some video he was talking about. Can you imagine having to try to put up with that shit? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Straighten your shit out, get some help, and stop trying to make society conform to your bullshit. Yeah. Oh, does that, do you want to transition into the, into the next topic then? Because it's probably a good time to do that. Which one? Uh, about the nine-year-old bullied. Um, That's related. All right. I got to be real careful here because right. um, this is ripe with insensitivity and people who are going to uh, misconstrue what I'm about to say. So there's this thing I follow on uh, Facebook called the Human Hug Project which I think is a great thing. They they travel from city to city and they, they go to VA hospitals and they they go just hug veterans. and I've heard about and this. And it's great. It's yeah. great work they do. It well, really it's, it's, it goes alongside. There's some people that bring like animals. Um, I don't I don't think Human Hug Project does that. But I think they're kind of aboard. I mean, it's like kind of the same kind of principle where you go and you try to relieve They go and they just yeah. give out free hugs and stuff. And they'll, yeah. they'll like stop in hospitals and they tell us one story about this. A uh, woman who was uh, a veteran, she served, you know, in World War II or something, and she's sitting in a chair, and they came in and said, hey, can we give you a hug? And she just broke down, and she said, the only people who touch me are doctors and lab technicians. You know, nobody, and they sat down, and so that's the place they're coming from. Right. So I respect that a ton. Um, but one of the one of the people on it who I, I don't know but I believe is gay posted a thing about which doesn't matter to me except in this story it's relevant a story about a nine-year-old boy who came out to his parents and i i think they encouraged this and he went to school and he told his friends using air quotes for friends and they told him go kill yourself so this nine-year-old did and you know the outrage over it and everything let me just say that it is a tragedy when a kid when a kid dies like that. It's an even bigger tragedy when a kid like that kills themselves. I mean, you you can't comprehend that at that point. But can we stop with this whole idea of sexualizing children? You know, this if and and they said, "Oh, you know, parents teach kids to be hateful and all this. Look, if you're around kids, they're the most hateful sons of bitches in the world. They are like wolves. They will cut one from the herd and pounce on them. I actually believe it's adults who learn to temper that some of that stuff. You know, 
and say, you can't treat other kids like that. I have kids in this age range. I see this all the time. Yeah. You'll, you know? Kids will dislike somebody and that is enough right there for them to just be as mean as fuck to them. Kids. Look, what happens is one of these kids. And they don't like, even hate, they don't hate the kid. They just don't like them. I'm not, I'm not any clinical psychologist or anything, but so you get a group of four or five kids and one of them shows any weakness and sort of the alpha of that group sort of casts them to the side and all the other ones are like, I better pick on that kid before it comes around right. to me. Yep. Now adults do this too, but kids are just way more vicious with it. And, well, it's because uh, they haven't built up the empathy. To, they haven't yeah, been in situations they that they, any. yeah, right. I mean, the brains aren't developed. Yep. You know, and that's another thing about the sexuality thing. Just saying I'm gay, coming out. Well, I'm gay at nine years old. Look, and, and I will say this: you and I have talked about this before. I think in this current climate, you could have convinced me at an, as a nine-year-old that I was gay. You could have because I didn't. I had no girls had cooties. I had no desire to hang around girls. Right, none. I felt if I felt any affection, what I thought of was maybe affection, you know, just wrestling around and hanging out and stuff. You didn't touch girls. Girls were icky, you know. And so if somebody says, who would you rather, you know, hug, boys or girls? I'd have been like, boys. I like being around boys, you know. And they just said, well, you might be gay. And it's okay to tell everybody that. I'm not saying it's not okay to tell people you're you're gay or homosexual or anything i'm i'm saying two things one at nine you you can't know you just can't know i mean we have we have friends who are gay who you know you talk some of them and they say i I knew but i didn't know like i knew at 13 14 i was but i wasn't sure i didn't think i was supposed to be so well even if you're not if you're straight they they tried to not be but even at that age if you're if you're kind of finding yourself attracted to the opposite gender you don't look at it in a, in a strictly like a, like an adult sexual way it's a, it's more of a it's more of like a, with guys in bromances or with girls in and in a crush it's not necessarily thinking you're not these kids aren't thinking in their head i want to have sexual intercourse with this other person cuz they don't even know what it is right exactly they just want to be around them or they feel good around them or whatever but it's not a sexual thing and that's what i'm having a problem with is the 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 over the sexualization at younger and younger ages. And, Why are we making these kids pick teams? Oh, it, at this it, age? It, I think honestly, I think the gays and the lesbians. I think they need to, to cut anchor with all the uh, the alphabet and the plus plus crowd because they are they're going off the fucking rails. And and gays and lesbians are just people that, f- for all, all intents and purposes, are just regular people that are attracted to the same sex, right? Yeah. Um, they don't have an agenda to sexualize children. As far as I know, yeah. Um, and if they, if they, if a person does, it does. It's not because they're gay or lesbian. It's because they're fucked up in the brain, just like a straight pedophile that's into little kids, a gay pedophile that's into little kids, or lesbian pedophile that's into little kids. It's all di- that's a different subset. Yeah, not, we're not we're not equating yeah, being. I'm gay not. With, no, we're not. We're not equating that with being mentally disturbed. Or right. Anything. But you. But they need to. They need to t- sever ties with with this whole. You know, alphabet soup, alphabet soup yeah. plus plus crowd, because it's just going to drag them down that road where they're going to be lumped in with really fucking, really fucking disgusting people. Yeah. And I'm sick of it. Look, I don't, I mean, I don't, I, like we said, we have friends who are gay. It doesn't make me uncomfortable. I don't have a problem with it. I don't think their lifestyle is wrong. Look, you like what you like. Yeah. You know, there are, Certain kinds of women that I am not attracted to, and certain kinds of women I'm very much attracted to. I, I can't honestly say at any point in my life I've cultivated that. It, 
it just happens, you know. And that's why you sit around with guy friends of yours and like, man, she is really hot. And your friends go, what the hell are you thinking? She's unattractive, yep. you know. And you're like, no, she's hot. I mean, it's no, I, there's no way I could say a gay person just chose to be gay. But this idea that we have to tell kids at nine, you know, or younger sometimes, oh, it's, you should be proud to be gay and all that. It's like, let's just dial it back a little well, bit we're... because because elementary school and junior high and even high school to a large degree are vicious places. You're not going to change that. That's human nature. You can make people more aware of it. But why do you have to why do you have to be out and proud about it at 9 years old? That's not going to lead you anywhere good. And you can say that society's fucked up and they they sh- you know, they shouldn't, it shouldn't be that way. You can say it should. It's not because their parents taught them to be like this. These kids just went after this kid because they perceived it as being different or being weak. Well, then back in, back in the day, there was a thing called a tomboy, a girl that kind of hung out with the boys and did, you know, did the rough and rough and tumble things that the boys did. Climb trees and, you know, wore pants, didn't like wearing dresses and all that. And at nine, you were scared of them because they were a lot bigger than you. <laughs> yeah. They were. Yeah. But the, <laughs> thing, the thing is, it wasn't, it wasn't so much equated to like sexual attraction or anything like that. It was just your, your demeanor, right? It, they, at that age, they didn't equate it to, to, to sex to, oh, I want to, I want to be, I want to have relations um, with this person. It's, it was just, it was, it was, I guess when you come down, when you start talking gender, it was a gender thing. It was, uh, it was, and, and they usually grow out of, if you know, I know a lot of girls that say, yeah, I was a tomboy and then they're straight. Um, I'm sure there's uh tomboy girls that grew up to be lesbians. Who cares? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. But do you remember the first time you actually felt like sort of sexually aroused toward a woman? I actually don't remember the first time. I, the only thing I can remember is, um, is like probably being 13 or 14. I mean, knowing what sex was, but I mean, not having any frame of reference at all. And I can't think of specific incidents, but I remember being around some girls who just made me feel a way I had not been used to before. And that was like where I was like, what the hell is going on? Well, I remember my first crush, but I don't really, it, it was, I don't know if I understood that it was sexual. Well, I remember being being a sophomore in high school. I mean, at that point, you know what sex is and everything. You you get it, right? You know you're attracted to women or men or whatever. And there was this, standing there with a group of us guys, and uh, this one gal we knew, uh, or not, I knew who she was because it was a small high school. I mean, we had less than a thousand kids in there. She was two years above us, and she walked past us in the lunchroom and said something to my friends and I. And she ran her hand across my back, innocently, just coincidental. You know, like I was kind of semi in her way. And she did that to me. I was like, whoa, that was crazy. You know, you just like, you got hot from your head to your feet. And you're like, whoa, <laughs> you know. And I can't remember to this day what that feeling was like. But I, re- I remember in my brain how that incident did something to me. And I can't. I can't say that any kid at nine years old has that kind of feeling absolutely for certain, you know? Yeah. And I just, I hate this idea that we got to do this. So I'm not trying to blame the parents. I'm not trying to blame the kid. I'm just, you know, why are we, why are we doing this? Why can't we just let kids be kids? You know? Well, I mean, and the kid that acts effeminate 
a, a, the, a male, a boy that acts effeminate and wants to hang out with all the girls playing tea party or whatever. Um, I mean, the guys are going to make fun of him. I mean, that's, that's, that's just all how it's going to be. Um, but, but you gotta be, well, first of all, I, it's my belief. People can castigate me for no matter how much, you know, they can hate me for saying it. I believe you got to be a certain kind of unstable to want to kill yourself. You know, I'm not saying that you have to be crazy or anything. There's got to be, there's got to be something in there. Cause I've had, and again, not clinically, I've had points in my life when I've been severely depressed and I've never once thought, man, I should take myself deep over the whole thing. I've had moments where I was like, I don't care if I die, you know, but I, I, I've never thought, yeah, I should do this. And maybe it's just an arrogance or an overinflated value of self. I just didn't think that was something that. Or the survival instinct that most humans have. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to say it was something as survival instinct. It was like, there's always going to be better stuff for me. And that would be. Well, yeah, the, the problem with, yeah, I've never been to the point where even, even close to the point where I, I wanted to do that. And, you know, because you always have that, no matter how depressed I was or melancholy or whatever, um, there's always something that could give you a little bit of joy or a little bit of entertainment or even fleetingly, you know, so that was worth, you know, sticking around for, I would imagine, right? Well, I've had I've had friends who've been suicidal and yeah. I don't understand it. And nothing, there's nothing at all that can shake them out of that and uh, I've funk, said, right? I said, don't you think about your family and stuff? And they're like, no, you just don't think about it at that point. Okay, I get it. I I still can't, whether it's depression you're dealing with, I'm not saying you're crazy. I'm not saying you're ruined. or I'm just saying I think there's something that stops you from killing yourself if you have sort of, everyone will hate this word, normal kind of. Brain chemistry. Brain chemistry. Yeah, I think <laughs> right. you need a lack of serotonin or something like that that's going to make you do that. Yeah, there's something clinical but in it, obviously, at right? nine years old, that life is so heavy that you got to lay it down like that? I just, well, it reminds me of when I was, I don't think it was. I there's think more was, going on there. I think I was older than nine, but I went through a phase where I had panic attacks. And I remember, I can't remember what year did that The Day After come out movie. Oh, uh, that was like 84, 85, I think. So I was about 10, 11 years old when that was out. And I remember watching it and having severe panic attacks like at school, like for, I don't know, a month. Um, thinking, you know, what's, what would happen if the bomb dropped? What would happen to my parents? How would I find my brother and my parents? And, and, and just freaking out over it. And then I'd have panic attacks. My mom worked a second job where she was gone it was like a second shift job. She was gone till like 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock at night. And I could not go to sleep until she got home. And if she was five minutes late, I would have like a, a, a panic attack where I'd be like hyperventilating. And, uh, you know, yeah, I wasn't that bad, but I'd get yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Too. I just, the sour stomach. And so it, it went on for probably a good month or probably even more, probably six months. I can imagine. I, even to the point where my brother was making fun of me, he was like, you're a freak dude. <laughs> I had some times when I was like, I don't know, maybe, 11, 12, 13, every once in a while it would enter into my head that I'd be falling asleep and I'd be like, what happens if I just die? What happens if I just close my eyes and I don't wake up? Yeah. And then you couldn't sleep. And it was like, I have no, I wasn't, I wasn't panicked about it. I was just thinking I about think it. Most kids go through that stage, but I, I, my, my, ele, mine elevated to the actual panic attacks. 
So, but I, all of a sudden, one day it stopped and I didn't have them anymore. Like the, like the bio or my, the chemical processes figured themselves out or my, my brain rewired itself finally, you know, cause you're still growing at that age. And it finally said, all right, enough of this shit. We figured it out. And all of a sudden I was like super mellow. Nothing, yeah. nothing freaked me out anymore after that. <laughs> well, I, again, I don't mean this to be misconstrued as going after this nine year old's parents. Okay. I'm not even trying to do that. This is, it's a terrible tragedy. I can't imagine. I just, right. I can't. But I, something I've learned in being a parent and from quite honestly from owning dogs is that the, yes, I said owning dogs, they're pets. They're not people. Um, love them to death. But if I have to go into a burning house to save someone in my family, the dog is the last one I'm getting. Well, family, yes. But uh, acquaintances or friends, dog first. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, they, uh, they react to how you react. So I have noticed in my small sample size that people who have dogs that panic a lot during thunderstorms and stuff tend to be people who get a lot of anxiety about thunderstorms. You know, people who are weird about strangers have dogs that are generally weird about strangers. Same thing with their kids. You know, it, the kids get what you project. And uh, I, to a degree. I, I mean, just, obviously, there's yeah, some kids degree. that have that chemical imbalance. I just wonder if. I wonder sometimes in this case if the parents are very panicky and stuff. And I mean, I hesitate to say that because I just, I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm blaming them. I, that's not what I'm trying to do. I just, that's an intellectual exercise more than anything. It would be nice to know more about the home situation. That'd be, because uh, then you could kind of go, okay, maybe this is a contributing factor. But yeah. I, I just, the reason I brought up the whole panic attack thing is that I do, I can understand that there are, at that age, like nine years old, I mean, I, what, what I said I was like 10 or 11 when I was having panic attacks. You can't control how you feel when your hormones are fucking up and your chemistry is still figuring it's your brain chemistry is trying to figure it out. And so I can understand that, well, I went through panic attacks. Maybe this kid went through the severe depression. And, yeah. and so I'm not going to judge that at all. I mean, I'm, but I wish he would have got the help. Yeah. You know, my whole point in this whole thing is not to judge the parents, not to judge the kid, not to judge anybody else around him. It's just to say, can we just stop making kids feel like they have to say what they are and that if they figure the, it the, out, they have to come out about the it hypersexualization because- is the problem I have. And that 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 starting at nine, when you talk about, OK, you do you, you know, you have to say you're gay and then the kids go, well, what does that mean? Well, Here's what gay means. It means that you're sexually attracted to the person of the same sex. It's like, this is not the time to have that fucking conversation. Yeah, it's just leave it right? alone. And that, that's the problem we're having. Well, the other thing is, and I, I think we mentioned this before, I, I was talking to a gay friend of mine who, who I said, I, I wish people would understand I don't care. And he said, yeah, right on. You don't care. And I'm like, no, there's two sides to that. The part where you tell me you're gay, I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. You can be whatever you want. But the part where you also say, but I'm proud to be gay and all this, I'm like, I also don't care. Just be you. You know, you don't have to be a thing. You just be a person. You know, so, yeah, the fact that you're gay or whatever, whatever anybody is, uh, Christian, Muslim, Republican, Democrat, I don't care. I also don't care when you act like I'm supposed to care. Well, this is where just a person. I had the problem with like the gay pride parades, like in San Francisco, because I was there when there was a a huge gay pride parade going on. I think it was a Tenderloin district where they had the huge. Were you wearing the leather plant pants yeah, and the butt plug I, then? I, 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 the one with the horse's tail coming out of it. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you wearing um, the, hoof, the hoof shoes and having somebody whip you? <laughs> no. But um, the problem I have with that, and I think there's a lot of gay people that actually have a problem with these uh, gay pride parades too, where it's all about expressing your your freaky sexuality. It's not just, hey, I'm attracted to another man, and that's okay, or I'm attracted to another, I'm a woman attracted to another woman, which as a, uh, as a um, disabled black lesbian, I'm attracted to other women. Um, so... <laughs> So that's okay, but but to make like a freak show out of it and and to just say trying to like shock people with that, it's like trying to try, you're trying to garner a negative reaction from somebody just to prove that uh, that they are anti you. It's like get off your high horse. If I as a straight guy decided to have a parade with a bunch of other straight people and it was hyper sexualized, uh, people would be upset about that too. You know, if it, it, it's not about the who you love it's about how you express yourself and express yourself like a freak show you're gonna get treated like one even if a straight freak show there's there's a celebration and there's like a south american celebration and then there's another one like in london um where it it's about it's supposedly about culture but it ends up being just a bunch of women shaking their asses (laughs) oh like the slut walks or whatever no no it's like there's like a brazilian one where it's all about like they go down and they wear the skimpiest outfits ever and they basically just show off their asses and it's just like a super hyper-sexualized kind of thing. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. I wish I could off the top of my head. And there's one in Great Britain too where they do, it's like um, where they kind of, they're celebrating quote-unquote culture, but it just basically turns into this just degeneracy of sexualiz- hyper-sexualization. And it's straight. It's not a gay thing. I mean, I think it started out as straight. I think it's just kind of like everything now, gay, straight, whatever. But that's the problem it's it's not it's not that who you're into sexually it's how you express that and i don't care if you're holding hands or if you if you kiss each other or whatever that's not the problem it's the it's the overt kind of pda that is like hey fuck you pda i don't care if you're straight or gay or whatever if you're doing that you're you're being an asshole and there's something wrong with you well you know i'll go even farther than this um so i like i've said it's it's anything that this public this not public displays of affection like you're talking about like anybody I don't care if you're gay and you're holding hands and you're kissing and all that stuff but anything so like my kids especially my oldest is really into is really into church right I'm I consider myself a Christian but not a very good one so whether we go to church or not isn't important to me for me it's about just live like that but if we go to church and people are like um during this, not sermon, but the uh, gospel reading stuff, and they're raising their hands and all that stuff. I'm like, okay, cut it out. I'm like, you don't, you don't need to go over the top here. And they're like, well, that's just a normal thing people do. No, I, it gets real evangelical for me. I remember being at a, a passion play where at the end they have, a, you know, the actor who's supposed to be Jesus raising up to the ceiling and all this fog and swimming in front of me puts her hand up. And, she's like, and I just want to go, that's not really him. <laughs> but... Mm-hmm. But even like, so when we sit down to dinner together, we'll say grace, right? One of the kids says it one night or anything. I don't say it out loud. I don't. Because I don't think praying out loud is something people should do. You know? I just, I don't want to express that to other people and make them uncomfortable if it does. Besides, it's a personal thing for me. I don't care what anybody else believes. So I'm coming from that camp. Like, Keep your shit to yourself, whatever it is. Just, it's, you know, you can have your opinions and everything. I think that's how we have an exchange of ideas. But when you come from a point of sexuality or religion or 
politics and stuff like that, and you just start throwing it out there. I mean, we're doing it here, so people say, "Oh, we're hypocrites." Yeah, but you got to choose to listen to this. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm not it says standing, explicit on the uh, on the tag for. I'm uh, not for the standing podcast. in the public square, just throwing this shit out there. Yeah, you know, I mean, you can say in theory we are, but no, you gotta you gotta click something to hear this, and if you don't like it, you can shut it off. Um, and so people's, you know, displays of their personal beliefs in unsolicited in public has always made me uncomfortable, even when I agree with them. Not because I have a problem with conflict. Conflict doesn't bother me. I've just always felt, why would I make somebody else uncomfortable with that? You know? Yeah, so... Uh... So I don't understand why we have to say this nine-year-old kid saying he's gay, just, okay. Shut up and keep it to yourself, you know? And then, then the people that are advocates of uh, of out and proudness, they'd say, well, that's the problem right there. Okay, they can say that. That's They're <laughs> entitled to their opinion. I disagree with them. Yeah. And I think the fact that things like this happen uh, proves my point, you know? There will always be people who, when you say something they disagree with, they'll say, kill yourself. Whether it's political, religious, sexuality, whatever. If you want to do that as an adult, fine. As a kid, don't subject yourself to that stuff. Don't do it. Yeah. You know? I mean, I have... We're walking through my son's school today. You know, his school orientation. And there was a sign in one of the teacher's windows that said, you know, uh, this classroom doesn't have walls. This classroom welcomes everybody. Blah, 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 blah. And I just looked at my son, who's getting into politics at his age, which I told him, don't. Um and I pointed that sign and I said, you're going to see that, right? I said, just shut up. <laughs> just, all right? Just, you don't need to say anything about, well, first of all, most of his opinions are completely uninformed. You know, they just are. And I'm like, so don't go spouting off about stuff you don't know anything about. But especially don't do it here for a couple of reasons. You don't need to. It's not changing anything. <laughs> By the way, you're outnumbered. Should, people should tell that to some 18, 19, 20, 21 year olds in college. Shut the fuck up. You don't know anything. Yeah, but. Reminds me of that. Uh, when I was that age, I knew everything too. Reminds me of that. Was it, it wasn't Jordan Peterson, but it was another professor. It wasn't Weinstein either, but uh, it was a professor that was out in, in the square at the college and some girl was berating him about, uh, about uh, not, not, not agreeing with safe spaces and all that and how how dare you and she was like then he goes i don't agree with things she goes why the fuck are you here then this is our home and i'm like how dare you yeah. how absolutely yeah. dare you <laughs> and and he just sat there looking like a kicked kicked a bunny but it's like it's like no one this isn't your fucking home it's a, a it's a college you're, you're not once you graduate you can't come back here and go hey mom can i sleep on the couch can you do my laundry <laughs> yeah you know it's not your fucking home yeah. And uh, and to, I don't know. I just I guess that's a kind of a a side note, but uh, just that popped into my head and it drove me crazy whenever I see that clip. It's like no, uh, you don't know everything. You're trying to tell this fucking college professor that's trying to expand your 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 um your learning and your thought processes and how you how you uh, debate, and you're saying no, shut down debate because I know better than you. So fuck you. Well, with did all you your ever experience. did you ever see the? Uh videos of the interviews with the evergreen college uh president yeah. oh the president yeah that poor guy oh god that I, guy yeah i mean I, poor guy i mean it's he was a schlub i i understand the position he's in i don't envy it 
but he didn't help that he was completely cucked. Oh, he's a complete thing. pathetic cuck. I mean, I don't. I have empathy for him, knowing that just knowing that the poor guy has no masculinity, no backbone whatsoever. That that's the only thing. But 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 he he deserves all that bullshit he gets for being such a fucking cuck. Well, um, by contrast, like the University of Wisconsin, and the University of Chicago, University of Chicago has always had you know very very strict methods on you know on how they solicit different opinions and everything. I mean, that's what Friedman came out of, and Thomas Sowell and. You know, they were very, no, we will hear other points of view. Yeah. We'll debate. We'll, but the University of Wisconsin also came out and said, yeah, there, this isn't a place for safe spaces. You're going to hear things you don't like. Well, we better, we better describe to our listeners uh, about this guy since we're so, since we hate him so much, this president of the. Oh, Evergreen College. Well, yeah, Evergreen. So, so Evergreen, yeah. we'll try and make this short. Yeah, really quick. Get into this. Uh, Evergreen College, uh, until two years ago. Traditionally, it had this day of, um, I can't remember what they call it, exclusion or something like that, where basically all of the minority students would leave campus in sort of a protest of, and it wasn't a big deal. Yeah, it's it was like just, one of those day without women kind of things. Yeah, you know? they just would leave. Um, so two years ago, I think it was 16, it might have been 17, they decided that that meant, no, the white people were going to have to leave campus. And Brett Weinstein was the professor, sort of became famous biology professor, hard lefty. I mean, a Bernie Sanders guy um, just had his class. And they said, you got to go. And he's like, I'm I'm just having my class. And a bunch of people who were in his class. Basically held hostage. Held his, yeah. um, A lot of these professors who stayed couldn't go to the bathroom without an escort. And we're talking about being escorted by people with bats Mm -hmm. to the point where like college armed campus security had to come get them um and it's just fucking bullshit and uh these uh these people went to the to the president's office and they were saying you know you have to do this and you have to pay for it and i mean so much they went yeah and we need to have a pot luck and you need to pay for that too and, <laughs> and he was like going oh, yeah we'll, we'll yeah, talk we'll about that, that. yeah the that's only, something we should do the only thing that he didn't acquiesce on was uh that campus security was going to stay armed yeah, which shit and something like that they need to be. Well, they had a they had a um a meeting or whatever where he he basically just stood there and took just beratement the whole time. Yeah, and and, and temper tantrums. He should have started throwing those kids. Out they school, they just were just sta- they, I mean it was it was literally temper tantrums. They were actually standing up, stomping their feet. Yeah, and almost holding their breath and screaming at him while he stood there with this bland kind of Elmer Fudd look on his face. Going, yeah. Well, I can see what you're saying. I can. That's that's why we can't stand this fucking guy. I thought at least owned a gun. Exactly. <laughs> He's more of a porky pig. Well, so. let's uh, let's do a table topic. All right. Because that got a little deep. I'm gonna, I'm gonna open up the lucite brick. All right. There we go. And select a table topic. What was your mother's signature dish, Rooster? Uh, my mom doesn't cook. Huh. My mom does not cook. So my mom it? says what she makes for dinner is reservations. My dad cooks. My dad is a fucking fantastic cook. She didn't do like the uh, chopped up hot dogs and mac and cheese? Nope. Not even that? No. My mom didn't. I have it. fond memories of that. My mom was, um, look, my mom's an amazing person. She did some other stuff with her life that would basically tell way too much about me. But uh, she, uh, yeah, she was amazing. Uh, still is, as a matter of fact. Still with us. And so is my dad. But my dad's an amazing cook. God. And if you ask me to name narrow down one thing. You just did a lot of things, right? 
God, the guy can make anything. Huh. Anything. Anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess my, my mom made a couple ethnic dishes that were good, but it was not her ethnicity. So she was like Irish. And, uh, yeah, the Irish aren't known for their cuisine. Yeah, she, uh, my dad's uh, German-Russian, and uh, she made a couple dishes that I think she got from my dad's mother that were really good, like Russian kind of... Borscht. Grotbera uh, and uh, Kaysnipfla. So those two were really good. By the way, that was you saying that we didn't scramble that and mix it up. <laughs> Very good dishes. Uh, and I uh, haven't had them in a while now, so I'm, now I'm starting to crave them. So thanks, Table Topics. <laughs> one more? Yeah, one more. Uh, this is going to be a very good one. This is kind of dated. Uh, which catalogs are your favorites? I prefer uh, the Sears because the um, the women's underwear section was very robust. All right. Yeah, this is dangerous, but I I remember wearing out the um, the Christmas catalogs when I was a kid looking at the toys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just looking at them and going, oh, I mean, come yeah. home from school and you're flipping that because they showed up. In the like Sears, it was a Sears Christmas catalog. It was Sears and JCPenney's yeah. and all that stuff. And I just, I remember that feeling as a kid looking at all that stuff and just picturing getting it for Christmas and how cool that would have been. Yep. So, oh, that's pretty quick. There's not much to that one. One more. Oh, what book would you like to see made into a movie? I like this one. Uh, I've got one right off the top. Can I tell you mine? Yeah, go ahead. Um, uh, Larry Korea's Hard Magic Ooh, that's would be good. a fantastic movie because he writes his action scenes very cinematically. Who would, who would you cast as Sullivan? Uh, tough. That, um, I got it. Uh, uh, Jane from Firefly? Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> Adam Baldwin. Baldwin. Yeah. Jinx. <laughs> but uh, uh, Larry Career writes very cinematic action scenes. And so you can see them in your head as you're reading them playing out like a movie. And you're yeah. like, oh, I would love to see. There's a. a Who's your cast as Faye? That'd be tough because that's a fantastic character. Margot Robbie. She's too old. She's too old. Yeah. Faye, but... Faye is like 14, 15, 16. I know, but she can she could pass for 21, 22. I mean, they could make that little slight change, but yeah. I think I think they'd be better off trying to find like a new fresh face to do her. Oh, God, um, that's that's such a good role. Though. She's an oaky, like a, she's got that. She's probably got a very very oaky accent, and uh, yeah, Margot Robbie. But anyways, he when you there's a scene in Hard Magic, and it's a it's an alternate history um, story about um, people that have powers uh, in the 40s, um, and. Uh, it's almost like it's like a superhero story, basically. But um, he called I think people call it kind of steampunk, but it's not. And he, he says it's kind of like diesel punk is what he calls it. Um, that's the, the genre. You know who my favorite character in all this stuff was? Who? I didn't think I'd like him at first. Klaus. Klaus was a good character. Yeah, yeah he got really good. Yeah, he got better. To, if you haven't read the Hard Magic series by Larry Correa, read it. Uh, 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 Grim Noir yeah, series. It's three books. Yeah, so Hard Magic was the first, it's Grim Noir series. Grim Noir. And the Hard Magic was the first one. Um set in the forties. The characters are great. Um I read it. I didn't listen to the audio and once I read it and then listened to the audio, I did not like the audio because the and audio is award winning. So uh, uh, Bronson Pinchot is the uh, cousin Belky yeah. from, from Kissing Cousins or whatever. Um is the narrator and he he got it's award winning. So I mean it's 
I, who, who knows? Maybe it's it's great, but I read it first, so I don't want to ruin it with hearing voices that didn't sound like I imagined them. But uh, going back to the one scene that I think of when I want to see a movie of it, there's a dirigible scene where there's a fight inside a dirigible, which yeah, is near the beginning of one of them, isn't it? Towards the end. No, it's towards the end. Um, there, there's there's more than one dirigible fight scene, but the one I'm thinking of is towards the end. Oh, oh, I with know. Faye. Exa- yep, uh, okay? yep, I know. Exactly. I'm not going to ruin yep. it for anybody, but it was. You're like going, God, I want to see this so bad. <laughs> I mean, even if they made like an animated version of it, it I would love to Matrix-like. see it. Like, yeah. So, uh, yeah. But the way he explains it too, <laughs> I guess for me, and I, I think we've said this before, the ones I'd love to see are more of the Reacher books. Mm. But I really liked the first Tom Cruise Reacher book movie, and I I protested about. Having Tom Cruise play Tom Jack Reacher. But in Tom, uh, Jack Reacher is a character by uh, Lee Child in these Jack Reacher books. There's like 22 of them. There's one out every September or November. And they're they're really good. But um, but most of this action happens in Reacher's head. And so putting him into movie form isn't really good. And they put Cruise in there. And I thought, Reacher's like the six foot five, blonde-haired, blue-eyed guy. And Tom Cruise is a five foot eight, little Italian-looking dude. And... Uh, and they said, um, you know, Lee Child said, no, he'll work great. Is He'll be fine. He'll do a good job. And the first one was really good. And then they did the second one, and I didn't like it. So, In a couple of days, um, the uh, Clancy at the Jack Ryan TV show. Oh, on Amazon? Yeah, on it's, it's going to be out in a couple of days with uh, guy, Jim from the, from, from, from the office. Yeah. He actually, it's so surprising how he's kind of transitioned to kind of an action role. And, and he actually is pretty good. For one, he's a big guy. You know, after I saw the 13 Hours, the Benghazi yeah, movie, yeah, yeah. I kind of wish they'd cast him as Captain America. Yeah? He turned down the role. Oh, really? Well, know. originally, I think Chris Evans turned it down because he didn't want to do... He's like, this is the next 10 years of my life. Yeah, he didn't want that contract. And uh, he said, I did the superhero movie, and eh. And then they went to Krasinski, and he's like, eh, I got a few things I'm working on. And so it didn't work out. But so they went back to Chris Evans. I, I think, I know that they asked Chris Evans once, and he turned it down. And Krasinski also turned. Well, he was in the office, by the way. He was yeah, Jim. He was Jim in the office. Uh, Jim and Pam. Yeah. But uh, he, God, he's he's a good action guy. So uh, he was in one of the best movies of the year, A Quiet Place. Oh, was it good? Oh, fantastic. And that was one of those that, that if you didn't see it in the theater, you're going to be like, dang, I wish I saw this in the theater. It was really one of those that. It looked really scary. Yeah. And they say see it in the theater because it's kind of like the whole point is like the the feeling of being around a bunch of people and everybody being trying to be quiet because that's the whole point of the movie. You have to be quiet. And just that whole kind of ambiance was like really cool. So I saw it in the theater with my brother and my niece and it was like a good, it was a fun experience. I was like, I'm, I'm glad we did that, but it's going to be worth seeing when it comes out. But he was really good. And I think he produced it. Hmm. I don't know if he wrote part of, like, did part of the screenplay. Emily Blunt. That's his wife. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Um, there's a girl in it who plays his daughter, um, who's deaf and the actress is actually deaf so that was kind of cool too I mean it's just I mean just really well done we mentioned Emily Blount quick and we had mentioned Tom Cruise by the way just after you get a plug in I thought that movie Edge of Tomorrow was actually pretty good. it's a good movie <laughs> yeah really good well I I generally like any time travel anything with time travel in it them. yeah I love it I hate the time it's travel it's ridiculous stuff. but if they try to if they try to make sense of it and try to make it work instead of just saying well time travel anything goes no no no, you have to have some sort of consistency, even though logically you can't have consistency. It's just, it's a, it's ridiculous. It yeah. doesn't, it can't make sense. And people hate on Tom Cruise like they hate on Nickelback. 
They're like, if you yeah. like Tom Cruise, if you like Nickelback, you're an idiot. You know? Edge of Tomorrow was really good, though. It's a good movie. Yeah. So, anyway. I want to get into this, uh, just quickly, this Molly Tibbetts thing. Okay. I mean, she gets abducted by... It, well, not abducted. She gets killed by an illegal alien. And people are like... she She's uh, a 20-year-old college student at the University of Iowa from Brooklyn, Iowa. I mean, small town, Midwestern. She's out jogging. She disappears for a month and no one can find her. Turns out this this migrant worker who'd been in the country four to seven years, they said, four working at this one farm. And people say, oh, it was owned by a former GOP candidate. It doesn't so matter. What a bunch of hypocrites. The guy passed all of his. Yeah. He had fa- false papers. He had good false papers. Yeah. He'd been submitted and found clean, but he kills this gal, basically trying to chase her down and get her attention. And she, she rebuked said, him and she said, he didn't get like away from me. And he yeah. says he blacked out and basically stabbed her to death. And people say, well, it doesn't matter that he was illegal. Yes, it does. It matters because he shouldn't have been here. And I will say this again. I am. Where you and I disagree, I am for, I'm for immigration. I I want to see people from other cultures here nope. and and adopt ours, but also bring theirs with them because I love places like Chinatown and you know Little Italy and Baltimore and all that stuff. But what drives me nuts is the idea that you know we should have no borders and just welcome everybody, and we get fucking criminals like this and it turns out that she kind of knew him because he had impregnated her one of her high school friends or something like that so right. she knew of this guy did you see that the this woman showed up at the hearing no she showed up at the hearing with his kid three-year-old daughter yeah it's her it's molly too yeah. it's a friend yeah or but, acquaintance but I don't to know. show up i don't know man it's just my my point is she certainly could have been killed by anybody but in this case, she got killed by someone who shouldn't have been here. So you can't say, I'm going to make a parallel. It's going to drive people nuts here. You can't say, if we got rid of guns, no one would get killed by them. But we have to let all the illegal immigrants in. It doesn't matter if some of them commit crimes. You can't tar everyone with that brush. You're saying in the one case, you can't you, you can't have something. Therefore, it will keep everyone no, safe. But Rooster, if, if, if it just saved one life... To make more regulations on guns, wouldn't it be worth it? You're, you're a really bad troll. <laughs> no, it's a stupid argument. No, no legitimately exactly. No legitimately honest intellectual person will ever say that because you can do. Basically, you've got the plot of iRobot at that point. Stay in your house, don't move. You'll be safe. Yeah. You know, we should have the government enforce that on you because you can't get hurt. Doing well, you saw you saw Stephen King's tweet or tweets about this. He said what you're saying. He's saying. Yeah, but uh, there's a lot of American citizens that murder people way more. And you know what else? American citizens are percentage-wise more likely to murder than um, illegal um, people or people that are uh, f- um, immigrants. He said immigrants, but he, he put cool. illegals state, in there. State some statistics. Yeah. Show me. If you're going to say it, fine. Back it uh, up. But, but here's the thing. Even if that is true, that's, that's, be, that's beside the point. Because, yes, at living in America with other Americans, you run the risk of being murdered by an American citizen. Well, and I think he also said, I think it was him who said, uh, you know, they break fewer laws than other people. Well, yeah, if you take out the whole part about being illegally in the country, yeah. 
that's a crime right there. But now Stephen King, I love his writing. I've always been a big fan, nah. but he's getting to the point where he's fucking crazy. He fucked up. I, I was I was very into Stephen King's stories, and especially the Dark Tower. I'm not going to get into real deep here, but I read all the Dark Tower books. That's a lot of words. Yeah. And uh, oh, read the stand. That's a lot of words. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And I got to the point, and I read all the the books that had anything to do with the Dark Tower because even the ones that had like maybe a chapter or even like a couple sentences that had yeah. to do with that, I read them. And uh, I thought it was very cool, and oh, this guy's great. And then I got to the point where where I realized he just he fucking lost it, and that was after he got hit by a car. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he was so fucking self important. After that, he wrote himself into his books, and I'm like, you fucking egotistical son of a bitch. And it's not helping your story; it's making it worse. I I just think he's crazy. It really could do. be. I think he's going nuts. But yeah, whatever. You know, and the irony of this whole thing is Molly Tibbetts is one of these open, from what I can tell from her tweets and the reporting on it, she's a open board. Yeah, thoroughly kind of, indoctrinated, like like yeah, a lot of lot of like young uh, college students well, are. Well, I want to say her whole family, her non immediate family, extended family. Yeah. I don't know if her immediate family is like that or not, but but that that's the thing. You and okay, you you. you People say, okay, let's let's take for granted the fact that maybe percentage-wise, American citizens, as a percentage, um, commit more murder. So you're than, saying accept that point of view? Even if, let's say it's true. Yeah, so you're saying accept that premise. That does not matter because you take, as, as an American citizen with other American citizens, that's part of living in our society that part of our freedoms are there are risks to having those freedoms right yeah matt christensen had a great video on that he said exactly that same thing yeah so so when you when you allow somebody in from outside that's not something you are illegally into our society that shouldn't be here that's not something we as citizens agreed to right that risk so he probably did put it way more eloquently than that (laughs) yeah well he edits and does all that stuff so no, but he, he made a great point about that. He's like, no, I get it. But we accept that, you know, your neighbor could kill you because your neighbor's a citizen. Yeah. So, and people say, well, it doesn't matter because the other way she's dead. Well, it does matter because if this guy wasn't here, he couldn't kill her, you know? And to that point, nobody else had killed her. So. Right. I, I don't know. Just fucking pissed me off. So, do you want to do the McCain thing? Mm-hmm. Or the... South Africa tweets I do, but it's already already over an hour here. So All right. I think we should save that for the next one. I think so, too. I also want to get next time into those 3D printed guns that Cody Wilson's doing. I fucking love that guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's Oh, and I also want to get into uh, the the tweets by that uh, seafood chain, seafood restaurant. Oh, yeah, Jimmy's Jimmy's Crab House. Or yeah, Jimmy's uh, against PETA. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, there's never a shortage of things to talk about, that's for sure. Yeah. So. <laughs> so if anybody has anything they want to want to hear from us or if they have any comments, they can contact us. It's rooster at breadandcircusespodcast.com or crow at breadandcircusespodcast.com. All right. Thanks a lot. Catch you next time. See you. Bye. Bye.